Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. some koans from the Book of Serenity. Some folks think that the Soto people don't appreciate the koans, but uh, as I often say, Master Dogen's writing such as Shobo Genzo were uh, wall-to-wall koans that he was dancing with. And, and the, the Book of Serenity that we're looking at has been cherished in the Soto world for centuries. Uh, Master Dogen uh, often quoted these koans, and, you know, sometimes I think that, um, by the way, I want to thank Shishin uh, Wick, the wonderful commentary we've been looking at for several weeks in our uh, No Words book club. Uh, I recommend uh, his book, really how to approach the uh, koans to make them valuable in life. But, you know, sometimes uh, people think you're supposed to look at one word at a koan in Zazen, Forget the rest of the koan. Just throw yourself into that. And that's one way. And some people say the koans don't mean anything. You know, it's supposed to be whatever you feel they mean. And usually when I find teachers who say that, they're teachers who really don't have a good handle on the koans, if I may say. Because the koans are something like rap music, you know. If you listen to good rap music, you know, to me, I don't appreciate rap music. It sounds like, you know, every song sounds the same to me. But if you really listen, the guy's usually trying to make a point, and he's doing it with a joke. He's doing it with some slang. He's doing it with some relevant, you know, language of the culture. Well, that's what the koans actually are, except we're dealing with the slang and the jokes from a thousand years ago in ancient Chinese. So sometimes the jokes and the slang is a little hard to get. That makes them very mysterious. And some people think that you're supposed to look at one koan at a time, but that's not necessarily true, too. Sometimes if you put things together, they kind of put the light on each other. And the editors, a thousand years ago, of the Book of Serenity, they put these koans side by side for a reason. You know, I don't know if it's the same reason we're going to find in them. But I tell you, these koans are about your ugly childhood, getting sick, birth, and death. And this is about life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these koans. And also uh, bring a little of uh, Master Dogen's Genjo Koan in our No Words book club. We started looking at the Genjo Koan. And uh, you're going to see that Master Dogen's words seem to resonate with these koans. It wasn't hard to find the kind of the matching pieces here. So let me try. First one is uh, Gensha comes to the province, like you, you know, came from the next province. Attention, Master Gensha arrived at Ibaraki province and was received with many kinds of entertainment, sir, like you today. The next day he asked, Venerable Jundo, where did all of yesterday's festivities go? Jundo replied by lifting 
I'm doing that for you who are listening on the podcast. Here. Lifting a corner of his robe. I'll show you underneath, but I got, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm like a Scotsman. I'm, don't ask what I have under this. There's no relation between them at all. Now, this is one of the koans that actually can be interpreted many ways, but I'm going to give you a take on this. You had a lousy childhood, or you had a wonderful day yesterday, and it's gone. It's the past, but yet it is here, so intimate. You know, we Zen folks, we have such a fluid way to look at time, or I should say times. Usually we think the past goes to the present to the future, but for Zen folks, you know, the future flows into the past, and it's all right in this moment. But also we say, we can say two beautiful ways to look at time. The past is gone, and the past is right here, most intimate. It can be that happy time you had with your, your mother years ago, and she's gone from this world. She's right here. It can be that ugly childhood you had. Mine was a little rough sometimes. It's gone. It's right here. Why look at it only one way, you know? I, I counsel people who sometimes they come to me and they have like child abuse. And I say, in Zen, we let it go and we respect it's here. You can do in Zen more than one way at once. That's the brilliance of a lot of these ways of approaching the koans. You can forgive and not forgive. You can say, it's gone, yet recognize it's here. The past, the happy time, gone, yet here. Like that helicopter that's passing overhead. We have the helicopters from the military base passing a lot today. So Master Dogen, you know, his words in Gedeon's Khan is about these crazy ways of looking at time. He says, firewood becomes ash. It can never go back to being firewood. Nevertheless, we should not take the view that ash is its future and firewood is its past. We should recognize that firewood occupies its place in the universe, its time as firewood. And it has its own past and future. And ash exists in its place in the universe as ash. And it has its moment and future moments. And so it is for all the moments. The happy moment, the sad moment, the moment you're alive, the moment you're dead. Are just the moment. Right? So, now... This has to do a lot with the relative and absolute, which I talk about here. You know, we live in a world of separate things and separate moments, but then there's a way to sweep away all the separation and all the separate moments. And that's the trick to looking at these things, saying the past, we toss it into emptiness, but it's here. So we have the appreciatory verse, and you see a lot of poetic language like this. It says, hiding the boat in the darkened valley, that's the thing that disappears into the dark of emptiness. Thrusting the pole, the thing, the moment, into the clear source, like the famous story of Nargajina took a needle and he threw it in the water and the needle vanished. The thing vanishes into the clarity of emptiness. But yet, how we make our lives makes all the difference in the world, you know? And thus, 
you make the moments too. So the appreciatory verse says, dragons and fish don't know yet that the water makes their lives. Dragons are also water creatures. How you swim, you know, determines the moment more than you know. And what did Master Dogen say? When fish swim in water, though they keep swimming, there's no end to the water, like throw the needle into emptiness. But yet that fish swimming through in the emptiness, but how it swims makes all the difference in the world. When birds fly in the sky, though they keep flying, there's no end to the sky. Okay, that's some of the ways we look at time. But not only time, how about the sounds and colors of things? All the separate things of the world are objects and sounds and colors and tastes and things that we find bitter and things we find sweet and things that we love and things we find we hate and things we have no particular feeling about and things we find scary, like being sick, right? How do we approach those? Umon sounds and shapes. When sounds and shapes are not let go, the state is known as being conditioned by the environment. In other words, you're a victim of stuff because all the judgments, the likes, the dislikes, you're, you're conditioned by your environment. If you are seeking by sound and seeing by shape, you will never experience the Buddha of this very moment. Aren't you pursuing a way to return home? If you're also looking for Buddha or enlightenment as a thing, where is it? You're kind of a victim. What's beyond the things? What's beyond the shapes? What's beyond the likes and dislikes? That's what this koan says. So main case, attention. Master Umon addressed the assembly saying, hearing a sound, realize the way. Seeing a shape, enlighten the mind. The goddess of compassionate wisdom bought a common farm rice cake, but released from her hands like this, releasing the thoughts, you know. The common rice cake transformed into a sumptuous bean jam cake, which I guess in old China, that was a, you know, that was a real treat. So, you know, in this world, we can't escape the separate things the sickness, the health, the helicopters making their noise. So we can either try to make them as we want or let them be, toss them into emptiness and find the silence in that noisy helicopter, the peace in the war and the peace, the stillness in being sick or being healthy, the something that just is there beyond life and death, right? If you try to force life, all the things to be as you want, that's ignorance in Buddhist lingo, Buddhist terms. But if you let the things as they are, be as they are, and you hear the peace, hear the silence in the, in the greatest noise, in the greatest care, even my talk right now, which you may not, dig so much, but if you can hear something beyond the words, right? You're free. Master Dogen said this in the Genjo Koan. To carry the self 
forward and illuminate myriad things is delusion. In other words, try to impose yourself on things. Try to find enlightenment on things by forcing them. I want to find enlightenment is delusion. But letting the myriad things just come forth as they are. And letting the myriad things just illuminate you is awakening. So remember this, next time you get sick or something you don't like happens. Let it come. Let it be what it is. Drop it like that needle of Nargajuna into the water. Don't try to force yourself on life. Don't try to force life to be what you want. Just let it come. Especially when you're sick. Case number 83. Dogo's nursing. Isan asked Dogo, hey Dogo, where have you been? Dogo said, I've been nursing. It's a little ambiguous here whether he was nursing himself because he was sick or he was nursing someone else in the monastery because they were sick. But does that matter? You know, that's the same thing. Does it matter? So it's ambiguous. I've been nursing. Maybe he was nursing a baby. You know, nursing. I don't think so. Even Zen people, we can't go that far. Well, I could if I had the bottle when my kids were, were babies, I nursed. How many people were sick? Dogo replied, some are sick. Some are not. Is he only talking about bodily sickness or is he talking about the sickness of trying to force life to be on your terms? Isn't that the real sickness? When I was sick in the hospital, I had cancer a couple of years ago, you know, I experimented with this lying in the bed. One minute, I hate this. I, I'm scared. I want to get out. My kids, my family. Why is life doing this to me? I'm only 50 years old at the next moment. You know, it's all right. Yeah. What happens, happens. My kids will be okay. For a while, I experimented going back and forth like a switch. Impose myself on life. I'm scared. Total peace. I don't want to die. I wasn't that much at risk. The doctors told me I had a good chance. I don't want to exaggerate how sick I was. You know, but I had big surgery, man. I got as far from here to here. But I wasn't probably going to die. But I'm still scared of dying. And I lied there and I said, I'm scared. No death. Disease, my enemy. No enemy. I went back and forth. Maybe this Cohen is about something like that. Dogo replied, some are sick. Some are not. Isan pursued, isn't it you who's not sick? Dogo responded, sickness and non-sickness have nothing at all to do with it. Speak quickly, speak quickly. Asan remarked, even being able to say it, misses entirely. Yeah, you can't say it. But there's something beyond existing or not existing. There's something beyond in our way. Of course we're sick. Of course we don't like it. Of course we're healthy. Of course we like it. Of course we're living. Of course we die. Of course we win. Of course we lose. But there's something in our practice that we can taste that is right in the heart of and transcends sickness and health and up and down and me and you and the things I love 
and the things I hate, and even birth and death, there's something. And thus the appreciatory verse. Seeming to exist, but he's not anything. Being utterly empty, he's not something. Unextinguished, he's born. Undestroyed, he lives eternally. Notice it doesn't say, not dying, he's born. It means beyond, like beyond being extinguished or non-extinguished. Beyond being born or not being born. Beyond death or not dying. There's something that is this unextinguished, this undestroyed. We don't say eternal, we really shouldn't say that in Buddhism, but it's not destroyed. So in this unextinguished, he's born. In this undestroyed, he lives eternally. He even goes utterly before the ancient Buddhas and walks alone among the empty kalpas. You know, I'm writing a book now about seeing yourself as the whole of space. Even when you die, the universe goes on. You know, we can do this. Uh, there's a wonderful science series that's on now with the Will Smith. I recommend it if you get to see this. In which there was an episode yesterday, man, where he says, look, man, it's about death and you're going to die. But do you realize you're this whole world, the entire ecosystem, your atoms, are, you know, the whole thing. It's a beautiful. It's true. You have existed in a sense even your hairy legs, from before the first Buddha, before the, you know, the Big Bang or whatever was before the Big Bang. And whatever kalpas are going to come, man, that's who we are. So you don't have to see yourself as just this time-bound, finite being. It doesn't mean that, I'm sorry to tell you, Yakshin, I'm sorry to tell you, that does not mean that you're actually going to necessarily like that. But some, some aspect of us certainly is not bound by time. So, uh, be, being quiet, heaven covers or supports. The whole earth, like Will Smith said, the whole heavens and earth is supporting our life right now. And somehow we're before the ancient Buddhas and we're going to go on for kalpas. Kalpas are ages and ages. Timeless ages. And Master Dogen wrote in the Genjo Koan, there is life and death. This is the, the opening line. I've abbreviated it. Then he says in the next line, there is no life and death. Then he says in the next line, there is life and death. This shows that Master Dogen could not make up his mind. No. It's the famous saying, mountains are mountains. Mountains are not mountains. Mountains are mountains again. Which one is right? Yes. There is life and death. Sorry to tell you, we're going to kick the bucket. We're done. You know. There's no life and death. Yay! There's life and death and no life and death, life and death, death, life and death. And that is what I knew in my hospital bed. Though all this may be true, flowers fall even though we love them, and weeds grow even though we hate them, and that is all. I take that line of Master Dogen to mean even if we transcended man, Sometimes it really stinks. It sucks. I cried in that bed too. I said, oh, I'm in total peace. <laughs> you know, like that. So even if we uh, don't expect to turn into an unemotional robot by piercing this beyond life and death, you know, it's still sad sometimes. 
Okay. Okay, uh, case 84. Excuse me. For those on the podcast, I just held, held up the figure. Finger. I have to give a, a comment. Master Dogen wrote in the Genjo Koan, in the practice enlightenment of the Buddha way, to attain one thing is to penetrate one thing. To meet one practice is to sustain one practice. This one finger is our zazen. We sometimes say, I'm doing something because I want something else. I'm doing this because this is not good and I need to get something else. I'm going to drink now because I'm thirsty. In Zazen, like the finger, we hold it up or we sit because there is nothing else. There's nothing lacking, nothing to add. We don't taste that in life, you know. So in the one practice of the Buddha way, to meet one practice is to sustain one practice and is to meet all things, all time and space and all beyond birth and death in this one practice. But don't just listen to my crazy words. The next part of this koan, you, you may know the story is, it says a boy came up and was mimicking Gute, so Gute cut his finger, but uh, the scholars think he just gave it a twist. In other words, if I go like this, what's the meaning of Zen? And you go, I'm gonna ask you, what's the meaning of Zen, Yapsin? Show me. No, don't just copy me, you fool. <laughs> Find out for yourself. You see, that's the meaning of that. So you listen to my BS here, but uh, I'm telling you, oh, there's something beyond birth and death. Yeah, that's a beautiful idea. Sit Zazen, find out for yourself. Okay, that's why we practice. And so we've covered what? We've covered sickness and health, and now we're going to go up to life and death to a little more. The National Teacher's Seamless Tomb. Gee, I'm setting a new koan per minute time record here. I'm way ahead of schedule here. All right. Attention. Emperor Shikuso asked national teacher Chu, Hey, Chu. How are you, Chu? 100 years after you die, what would you wish? The national teacher said, Build me a seamless tomb, which, of course, is impossible. It's just a tomb of stone, right? The emperor replied, I beg you, what style of tomb would that be? What's a seamless tomb? The national teacher remained silent for a while and then asked, Do you understand? Let me repeat. you understand? The emperor said, I don't understand. Sometimes when uh, we say I don't understand in Zen, that's actually a good thing because it means there's no I to understand. And that's how come I really understand because I get rid of I. You know, Bodhidharma said to the emperor, Wu, Wu, Emperor Wu said, who are you? And Bodhidharma said, I don't know. We're just in Chinese. Don't know. Because when we get rid of the I, 
and we get rid of some object to know, I know some object, that's Zen knowing. You see, so of course Bodhidharma knew who he was beyond I and something to know. But this guy, no, he just doesn't know. This just, I think, just means, no, I have no idea. What are you talking about, Chu? So Chu said, okay, um, I have a Dharma disciple by the name of Tongen who knows all about it. Please ask him and leave me alone. Later on, the emperor requested uh, the meaning of it from Tongen, who replied, from the southern border to the northern border, that means every place, every place, right? Yellow gold within fills the whole country. A ferry boat under the shadowless tree. Isn't that what we saw in Cohen number one? That boat in the tree again. That's the things in emptiness in our world of every place, right? And then we have, what was the next line up in the first one? Thrusting the pole in the clear source is very similar to in the crystal palace, a building made of glass, you know, there's no one who knows. There it is. That's Bodhidharma's. There's no I who knows. There's no one who knows. And this is, you're in a building of a thing, but it's, the windows are clear. There's no I. You just blend into everything, right? Something like that. That's your seamless tomb beyond life and death. You know, the, if you go out, actually, there's a cemetery back here for the Shingon Temple that's right next door, and they have the priest graves. The priest graves in Japan are a little different from uh, ordinary graves. You might have seen them. They look a little like a baseball bat shape, kind of stubby. That's, it's mostly a round, seamless, round shape, you see, because it's empty. They're not in the grave. They're not live. They're not, not in the grave. Of course, they're in the grave, but they're not in the grave. This is a seamless tomb. We've had some people this week who had some health emergencies where this is no joke either. Please find this place of peace. The appreciatory verse, alone, boundlessly, wholly, perfectly, perfectly. The eight principles correctly positioned, the five elements energized, Energy harmonized. Um, in the old days, this means this is how you know it's the yin yang and uh, their idea of physics and chemistry. In other words, what he's saying is the world is just working the way the world is supposed to be working. Then gravity makes things fall. Electricity makes the lights come on. Something like that. So you could read it alone, boundlessly, boundlessly. The world is whole, perfectly, perfect, perfectly. The principles of uh, electromagnetism are correctly positioned. The periodic table energies are perfectly harmonized. Something like that. For our science crowd here, we're in Scuba Science City. We have to bring this into science talk here. The body, that's you, from the first, is within this. Do you see? And Master Dogen wrote in the Genjo Koan that, again, it's how we live. We're in this perfect world, but you can mess it up, man. If you get filled with anger and ignorance and divided thinking, 
you can turn this beautiful paradise into a hell. Or you can turn a hell into paradise. Or you can take this world that's sometimes kind of painful and flowers fall and just find the equanimity. But it's up to you. So, Master Dogen wrote, because the nature of air is to be ever present, the behavior of Buddhists makes the earth manifest itself as gold. There was another gold reference in here somewhere, but I forget where it was. It's okay. Anyway, see, you put those fawns. They actually have something to say. They're not like just irrational statements, man, that you're just supposed to take the koan. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, these things mean. They mean. Boy, do they mean. Okay, hey, we got our new fangled, a high-tech Zoom system that we're paying 15 bucks a month for here. So we got to make use of this. Uh, we need questions here. Who's going to be first? Need a question. Any questions from the room here? Somebody raise their hand. Volunteer. I'm talking to my priests. I'm volunteering you. Oh, Sekishi, how nice of you to volunteer. You have a question? Hi, Jendo. Uh, thank you for your talk today. Um, I had a, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, Dogen's view particularly on the, the part about um, firewood does not become ash. Um, ash has its own present and future and firewood has its own present and future. And how that relates to his concept of Uchi. Uh, am I pronouncing that properly? The U, U-J-I time being? Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, you know, my, my take on that is that for the time being, Firewood is completely firewood. For the time being, ash is completely ash. Mm -hmm. And for the time being, all of it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know if you have more to say about it. <laughs> um, you got to get my new book coming out from Wisdom Publications next year. There's a whole chapter on Uji in there. Like, you got to pay. You got to pay to hear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Master Dogen had... Uh, Times, many times. So what you said is exactly right. Every moment is perfect. This is from the Yen Buddhism too. You know, everything pours into everything. This time is your time, is your being, is a pristine time, which is not my time, which is not the time of the tree, which is having its own time being, and the future time is perfectly the future time, and the past time is the past time, and the future flows into the past and the past flows into the future, like the top of the mountain flows into the bottom of the mountain, and the bottom of the mountain flows into the middle and the bottom of the mountain, and the river flows into the top of the river, which actually flows into the bottom of the river, even though it's all going in one direction. Which is the right way to see time? Oh, and also, there's the timeless beyond time, right? Our clock actually went out today because of the heat. I had to readjust it. I was thinking about this. So we're actually on two perfectly two hours behind our clock for some miracle it's it stopped and then it started again exactly two hours later so that was uh, that uh time which is the right one yes yes yeah 
But I also, I love to tell the funny story when I was training uh, one time at, uh, as a lay person at uh, Sojiji, head, head monastery here. I had just come to Japan and my English, my Japanese was non-existent, basically. And Azuma Roshi, wonderful man, my first real Japanese Zen master, you know, he was leading and his English was very broken. So I thought I'm going to ask him all the big questions. So I went up to him and I said, Roshi, Roshi, I... I was reading Master Dogen Zuji. I said, Roshi, what is time? And he looked at his watch and he said, time, 5.30. And I thought, ah, he's making a point. It's right now. No, he thought I was asking what time it was. I love it. Anyway, so uh, all is correct. All is correct. Okay. Find all these times, including the time when the hornet just that please have your own being time outside, Mr. Hornet. There you go. Okay, another question? Live question from here. Come on, you drove all this way from Saitama. Another question from home? I can't see uh, everybody uh, because all, we only get some of the screens, you know, at the top now. So I can't see everyone who's here, but I do see Shingen. Shingen, yeah. please. Okay. Thank you, Jindo. Lovely talk. I was actually just going to follow along with uh, Sekishi's comment about the, the firewood and the ash. And I'm wondering, if you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, Master Dogen is also talking about where firewood is just firewood, ash is just ash. It exists as that within the universe, but is he also referring to the interconnectedness of all things? That even though firewood is firewood, it's still interconnected to the ash and the ash interconnected to the firewood and so forth. Again, yes, 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 because this moment is just this moment. The next moment is just this moment, but the next moment is fully contained in this moment. And this moment is fully contained in the next moment. The ash is just the ash. The tree is just the tree. Yet the tree fully holds the ash and the whole universe and you and me. And the ash is just the ash with nothing else. But yet the whole tree and the whole forest and the whole world and all of time and space and you and me is in each piece of ash. Yes, yes, yes. Buddhists, we look at things all these ways. And also, Master, just to mention about our rebirth. Uh, some people take this passage to mean that Master Dogen did not believe in rebirth. It's very obvious from other things he wrote that he was a traditional Buddhist. He did believe you die and you probably are reborn. If you don't turn into Buddha, you come back again. But he also believed it's not so important for a Zen Buddhist because we can find the Buddha right now, too, because it's all right here, too. So we can also right now in this life escape it. So even though he believed in rebirth, for the average Zen person, it's not that big a deal because you can realize that literally the Buddha, the whole universe is right here. The ash contains the tree and the tree contains the forest. Please see the forest for the trees. Okay. Let's see, we got a couple of more minutes to hear. Uh, anybody? I guess Yashin, here, take my take my yes. Please come up, sir. And you know, you know, I mean, 
I I was uh, sweeping in the morning in France. I am um, sweeping. Sweeping. Yes. And so is that related with this to need one practice is to sustain one practice. Yes. And I was thinking I was sleeping then we were sitting but maybe if we reverse the order to be also sitting sleeping. Yes. This something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, sweeping is also zazen, but uh, there's something special about sitting, so we don't just sweep. But if we just sit all day and don't sweep, the house is a mess, which my wife reminds me all the time. She says, why are you out there sitting? You should be in here sweeping. But that's another story. Uh, every sweep, when we sweep as, as samu, work practice, of course, usually we sweep, we want to clean. There's a beginning of sweeping when the house is dirty. There's an end when the house is clean. There's dirty and clean. When you sweep in the Zen way, each sweep has no before or after. And also, even though we want to get from dirty to clean, we drop all thought of clean and dirty. Both at once. It's the same sweeping. But when you do it as just house cleaning, it's a job and you got to get it finished. And there's a beginning and an end and there's dirty and there's clean. But when you do it as Zen practice... It's the same sweeping, but each sweep is the whole universe. Each sweep is the only sweep in all time. It sweeps in all time. And there's something beyond clean and dirty. So that is our Samu practice. So why don't we only do that? Uh, because working is working, but there's something special about sitting. But when we sit... Even though I ring the bell at the beginning, even though I ring the bell at the end, there's something beyond time and long and short or any job to do. Everything's contained in there. So it's the opposite of how we usually go through life as human beings. Okay. Anything uh, last moment? Any pressing questions? Otherwise, we will move on for today. Going once. No, we're done. Okay, so uh, next we're going to sit a short, super short zazen. I mean, super short to remind us that Zen is not a matter of long and short. Some people are saying, I have to sit 30 minutes to get the effect. There's a time to sit long because actually it lets the heart settle. But if you think it, Zen is a matter of long and short, Zen, here's how long you should sit zazen. Moment. Moment, moment, okay? So now we're going to have a super short zazen of a few minutes and a super short kin hin. You can either go back or you can just sit where you are uh, and just uh, be comfortable, okay? Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast zazen, retreats, discussion, jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.